Good evening, church. Looks like someone let the cat out of the bag I was preaching tonight because no one turned up. <laughs> All right. Let's take your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We'll get into the Word of God and then I encourage you to have some fellowship later, maybe over in the, in the cafe, get something to drink, have a bite to eat. Um, <clears throat> We're going to read just two verses tonight, just something very simple. Um, might be a help and encouragement to you tonight. First John chapter two. We're going to read verse. We'll read verse eighteen through twenty. So we're going to read three verses. The Bible says, "Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us," they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. We'll leave the reading there. We're going to pray and ask God to help us this, um, this evening and then we'll get into it. Lord, we thank you for our church. Thank you for the um, opportunity to meet together. Uh, it's truly a blessing that we can meet in freedom. We can sing about you. We can sing songs of praise to you. We can be encouraged and lifted up by the songs. We can come freely to hear the word of God and be part of something special and being, be challenged and to encourage one another and exhort one another and to build up this congregation and this body to, to do more for you. Lord, I'm thank you for, I do thank you for that opportunity. Lord, I pray for those that are not here tonight. Uh, I know some are on holiday, some are sick, some are travelling. Lord, I pray for those that uh, are not here, maybe by choice or maybe by things that are just not right at the moment for them, I pray that you would help and encourage them. And um, as we look into your word tonight, may you use me just as a vessel just to, just to bring forth some simple truths as we look at your scriptures. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Aren't you glad for our local church? Um, I'm glad to be able to come as I prayed. I'm, I'm glad to be able to come in freedom and without fear of, of persecution to be here. I'm glad we can have a Bible, we can open it. I'm glad we sing. And I'm glad we get to pray and preach and be part of something that, uh, that others maybe look at and maybe scoff a little bit. Um, it's good to remember why our local church is here. Uh, number one, our local church is to evangelise. We're out there to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. We want them to know that about their lost condition. We want them to know the truth about how they can be saved. We want to enlist them into salvation. We're not only going to tell them, but we want to come alongside them and, and share with them our testimony. We want to tell them how we got saved. We want to enlist them to be saved. The, ch the local church is here to educate about the Bible, about the Word of God. Okay, we want to... There's no point coming to church just to have a chat. We could do that at the local coffee shop. But we come to church so we can be educated about the things of God, about the, about the doctrines of the Bible, about the way we're supposed to live. So education is part of the local church. And that's why you're here tonight, hopefully to obviously uh, to worship the Lord, but to maybe learn something from the Word of God. And I, wanted, I do want to encourage you about that, no matter who speaks from the pulpit, even if they're not the most eloquent in speaking, they may not be the most experienced in speaking. But if they open the Word of God and say what the Word of God says, you can learn something every time. I want to encourage you that. Um, I think we might get in the habit of, uh, and I jokingly said um, uh, that, 
everyone was told that I was preaching too much, so I went straight away. But sometimes we can maybe have preferences on preachers. Um, I remember... I've heard, I've, I've heard some people say, oh, I've heard, I have heard people say that they knew someone was preaching and they nearly stayed away because it they just, just wasn't their preference. But you need to be here to be educated. You want to learn as much as you can from the Word of God. The, the local church is here to equip us. We, we need the necessary tools and weapons to, to stand firm, to do what's right and to go on for the Lord. The local church is also here to engage us uh, uh, engage us within the warfare that we're part of. So if that's our local church, that sounds like a strong, healthy uh, church and, and a growing group of believers. But when we look at our churches today, maybe even this church sometimes, and as you see what we're talking about tonight, you'll understand why. I wonder, and, and, and as you look at some of the other independent Baptist churches around Brisbane and around the country, I wonder have we, why have we dwindled to so few people? Why is it that if the church is all these things, to evangelise, enlist, educate, equip, engage, we have freedom to do it, we have the word of God, why is it that our churches are so small and their church um, and the number of churches seems to be dwindling? Why is that so? I wonder, have we dwindled to so few because the word of God has no power anymore? Do you think the, the Bible that we preach from just doesn't work anymore? Is it not relevant today? The scriptures that we read, do they not convict anymore? Do they not do anything anymore? Do you think it might be because the Holy Spirit has stopped convicting? Maybe the Holy Spirit just, he's just doing something else. Do you reckon that's the truth? No. What about, do you think maybe God has changed his method of soul winning? Maybe, maybe the fact that we try and share with others and we, tell it, and, and we try and tell others, we give out gospel tracts, we... We try and share with them. We try and live a life. Maybe God's changed it to maybe just seminars and just uh, maybe a good PowerPoint presentation is how it's supposed to be done. Obviously, all these things I mentioned, that's not true. The Word of God is still powerful. The Bible tells us that. It's the power of God unto salvation to run the believer. The Holy Spirit still is convicting. And God hasn't changed his method of soul winning. So there must be some reasons why people leave the local church. Once you think about it, we have many regular visitors that, that, that come. Now, obviously, some are travelling, some are on holiday, so they don't live in the local area. But we do have people that, that might come in and they'll be with us for a little while and then just for some reason, they go again. And there's got to be a reason for it. Now, I know things change, jobs change, they move, circumstances change, but there is a number of things that I want to mention tonight. There's going to be four things that I'll briefly talk about tonight why some people leave the church, why our churches are dwindling. And I think some of these, we could, if we think hard enough and if we look at the reality of it, some of these can be in our local church as well. So, so point number one is some leave because they're just not born right. Some leave the local church because they're not born right. What I mean by that is that they're just not saved. They come in and they've never been born again. There might even be someone here tonight that has been attending church for a while and, and kind of likes what happens here. They might even fit in. They might have found great friends here, but have not just, haven't been born again. The Bible teaches us that we need to be born again. If you have a look in the book of John, we were in First John before. Let's go back to the Gospel of John. 
Think about the story of Nicodemus. John chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 3. The Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, a sign to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, said, Whoa, hang on a second. How can a man be born again? Sorry, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, a son to thee. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. There needs to be a point in time when, when a person trusts Jesus Christ to be born again. There needs to be that conversion time. Um, there needs to be a time that you can remember that Jesus Christ convicted you of your sin, that you knew that you were a sinner and then you returned to Christ for salvation and were born again. Now, we often have people that come through that may not be born again. I'm sh- I've shared my testimony before. Before I got saved as a teenager, I attended a very small independent Baptist church in a country town in, in, in northern New South Wales, where all the good churches are. And um, I, I like this church, but it was, just, it was just over the border. And as a teenager, I was invited to come along to church. And I sat uh, every week for two years. And I fitted in. I fitted in. I enjoyed because I found friends. I, I didn't have that great. I wasn't Mr. Popular in high school. And um, I found a good friendship there, but I wasn't saved. And it wasn't until someone asked me how I got saved, I really had no idea. And, and I've shared the story before. I trusted Christ. I was shown in the Bible how I needed to be saved. And I trusted Christ and I was born again. Some people leave the church because they're just not born right. There's been no time when they've trusted Christ. Let's have a look in 1 Peter chapter 1. I'll have a look at a couple of verses tonight. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to have a look in uh, verse 18. I'm going to read down to verse 23. It says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Okay, so we've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I want to encourage you that for someone to be saved, there's a combination, the Bible needs to be used. I always get very fearful when, when I hear about someone's conversion, and I've heard it, I really have heard this before, when... Uh, Someone says, well, I'm a Christian because I remember once I had this dream and it was just like a mountainside and I, I just saw God. So I'm a Christian. And I really, and I was gobsmacked. I thought, really? That, that's what you base your salvation on? People base their salvation on a whole lot of things but the Word of God, it, it needs to be there. You need to tell them why they need to be saved. They need to, they need to be aware that they're a sinner. 
the way we tell, uh, the, the way we, we, the way we realise we're a sinner, because the Bible tells us that. We need to let people know that. The Bible, and then the people are saved by the blood of Christ. But you know, we have people that come into church that sometimes are just not born again. And because there's a, a clash of spirit, you've got the spiritual and you've got the unspiritual trying to be spiritual, eventually there comes a time where it just doesn't work, it doesn't fit anymore. And people will eventually go because they're not born again. We need to be born of the supernatural. We can't save ourselves, it's got to be a working of God. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible says, I'll read it for you, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that beget loveth him also that is begotten, of him, is begotten of him. But it's a working of God. When someone gets saved, it's not a working of our own selves, but it's a working of God. So the first thing why people often leave the church is because they're just not saved. They haven't been born right. The second thing why some people leave the church is because they don't believe right. And this kind of goes on with the first point, but we'll go in a little bit more, uh, uh, another tact as well. Some leave because they don't believe right. You know, there are a lot of people that come in and they don't believe right about the Bible, right? I mentioned that the Bible is still powerful. The Bible is there to help us. The Bible should be our main authority, should be the authority of faith and practice. It should be the thing that we trust in that we build our spiritual life upon is the Word of God. But, you know, we might have some people that come in who don't really believe the Bible is what it is. Haven't you heard people say, well, the Bible's a good book. You know, it's just written by man. It's, it really... Life is what we... Our life is what we base things on. Our experiences is what we base our life on. The, the way I feel or, or, or the things that happen to me, how I react to those things, they're the most important things. That's what people say. But we believe the Bible is our final authority. I mentioned this morning um, in the song reading that all Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's given to us by God. And it's profitable for us for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's what the Bible is there for. But a lot of people don't see the Bible the way we see it. How do you see the Word of God? What does it mean to you? Is it worth anything to you? Do you take time to read it? I'm challenged about this all the time. I need to read more. I, I, I need to be in it more. I need to be fed from it more. We all do. But some people don't see the Bible. They, they don't believe right. They think the Bible is just a book. It's got some good things and it. it's got some good sayings. Have you ever noticed a lot of cliches and things? You'll hear people talk about things and often, they're often phrases or verses from the Bible. And they'll take it and they'll apply it to their life because they know it's a good thing. I can't think of anything just off the top of my head now, but I know you know what I mean. Uh, oh, for example, a guy at work the other day, uh, we're talking about work and our business and growing the business, and without a vision, the people perish. And it's just like they'll, and he applied, he's playing it out of business because he wants to have a vision for the company. And people will take things from the Bible. They, they know it's a good book, but sometimes people come in and they don't believe right about the Bible. And eventually, it just doesn't fit and they go. Some people don't believe right about salvation. Some people think baptism is it. 
If you just do a Google search about salvation and you'll find a number of thoughts and tacts and different things and you think, wow, so many thoughts about what it is to be saved. Some people think it's their good works. If you ask the average person on the street, if you, if you notice a stranger come in one Sunday morning and you get talking with them and, and you, uh, you ask a few pointed questions to find out where they're at, why they're here, who invited them and so forth. And then if you got talking, I'm sure if you said to her just boldly, so what do you base, well, sorry, what do you base your belief on? A lot of times they'll be confronted and they'll say, well, oh, I'm a pretty good person. I, I've come to church and they don't believe right about salvation. And there are people like that that come in week after week after week. There are some people that don't believe right about salvation because they think you can lose your salvation. They don't think it's really everlasting life. They believe as long as you keep doing the right works, you can keep your salvation that way, but they don't believe right about it. Another thing that they don't believe right about is, is the Spirit. Have you ever seen people who seem to elevate the work of the Spirit above God? When I was going through, this is going back in many years, um, and I'm sure it's still the same today, um, going through Bible college, we watched some clips um, and this is no, no condemnation of, of charismatic churches, but this is what was seen. So all I can, all, all I can say is, is, is what I saw. I remember seeing um, a clip of a church where there was, um, someone was preaching and they were on the stage, or I don't know what they were doing, but they were, they were, they were whipping people into a frenzy. And one lady got filled with the Spirit. And I kid you not, I don't know how many laps she did of the church. I was going to try and demonstrate that tonight, but I just thought it might, it might be a little bit too much for you. Seeing it, you know. But she was literally running and she was, woo! Wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> woo! She was going around the church and she was just running around and around. And it wasn't like, if somebody did that tonight, I, you know, I'm sure the ushers would just, they would tackle them. But it was just like, She was filled, apparently, with the Spirit. And there was no control. There was no... It was just... It was strange to see. And yet people think that's right. People elevate the Spirit. They say they're filled with the Spirit. And there was no control. There was nothing about God in it. It was just... To me, it was just a a fleshly thing. Now, I started my church experience in in a Pentecostal church. I walked down the front because there was family breakup. I was very emotional. I was very, as a teenager, I, I, was, I was very sad and there was turmoil in the home and there was a split family and these people were nice to me. This is not the little independent Baptist church, but it was a, it was a Christian outreach centre. And the music was very modern and very, even, it was, it was, it was just rock music. But I walked down the front and... I was just with, they encouraged me to come down and they laid hands on me and I watched everybody else fall down. So like, that's what you're supposed to do. I fell down and I waited. Well, now what do I do? I waited till everyone got up and then I got up and they took me out the back and they said, it's the Bible, now you're saved. And I thought, even back then I, I wasn't saved, but it's just believing wrong about the Spirit. Holy Spirit does indwell someone that gets saved and Holy Spirit can help and can encourage, and, and, and can challenge, and can work in you. 
But sometimes people edify the working of the Spirit over the working of God, over the Word of God. And I want to encourage you, make the Word of God and God the focus. The Holy Spirit will, will help you and do what's, uh, help you to do what's right. Some people believe wrong about the Scriptures, salvation, Spirit. They also believe wrong about standards. Have you ever had people come through who look at the way we do things, the way we dress and think, man, this is crazy. What a, these guys wear ties on Sunday. They, they wear long pants. They have short hair and, and, and they, they, they're just there all the time. And, and some people just, they just don't believe right. They just think this is crazy. Why would you do that? Why won't you just come in shorts and, and thongs and a singlet? And You can do that if you want. I don't care. But some people just believe wrong about the standards. They, they class us as legalists. I think sometimes within our independent Baptist movement, we have the tendency we can become a little bit... We base our standards and, and we say it's, everyone, has to, everyone has to do it the way we do it. And I think sometimes we can become a little bit leaning towards that way. But I think it should be just between you and God. I'm pretty sure God will show you what the right standard is. God will show you how short you should have your hair, how long you should have your skirt. It's not up to me to tell you, but I think people leave because they don't believe right about standards. That's two out of the four, so I'm thinking of moving along pretty quick. Hopefully you'll be out by seven or before, and you'll be in the cafe spending some hard-earned cash supporting the ministries of the Lord. Amen? Point number three, some leave... Because they just don't behave right. Some don't. Some leave because they're not born right. Some leave because because they don't believe right, and some leave because they don't behave right. Obviously, if you don't believe right, eventually you're not going to behave right. When you're not behaving right, when you're in a local church, when you're visiting, when you become, when you start coming on a regular basis, and you definitely won't want to have commitment. Other people's commitment will eventually bother you. Conviction will often happen on a person's heart when, when, when you're around Christians and they come regularly every week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You see them involved in different ministries and they have their fellowship groups and, and they sing in choir. And, and if you're not part of that, if you've never been born again, if, if you have no commitment to the things of God, eventually you're going to feel very convicted about that, especially when you see them in rejoicing and growing and you're not. Even Christians who are born again but have no commitment to the things of God will eventually feel a little bit ostracised because everyone's getting involved and committed to things except me. And sometimes when, when the question's asked, would you like to be involved in something? Whoa, hang on, I'm, I'm coming. Don't, don't involve me in things. Sometimes people can leave because they just don't want to be committed to anything. I'm thankful for those that do serve in the local church. I'm thankful for the different ministries and, 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 and there's a great vast majority of, uh, sorry, there's a great vast um, amount of different ministries that you can be involved in. It doesn't always have to be up here up the front. Um, uh, what's the right way to say it? Um, the people in the cafe, at the end of the day, on, on, on the end of a Sunday night, I just want to go home. If you think about it, when we're at church, sometimes on a Sunday we're here at church about eight hours. And sometimes at the end of the, end of the night, I just want to go home. But those who are involved in the cafe ministry, they're still there. They're serving and working and smiling 
and being involved and then cleaning up and I don't know what time he's got home whoever's involved in, in the cafe. But there's a commitment there. And you can be involved in the local church. But you know, some people that just don't want to get involved eventually, the, they see people busy and there's no time for me here. And a lot of people just leave because they believe, it's like they behave wrong, they have no commitment. Some people behave wrong because they just have no convictions. We kind of mentioned this about standards, you know. When, when, you come into a, when you come into a church like this, I guess, and you do see people in suits and ties and, and we try our best to, to honour the Lord with, with, with our clothing, with, we put on our best because we think it honours God and you get someone that comes regularly and they, and, and they never, ever do that. Eventually, they're going to, they either, um, especially if they're a Christian, they either, they either listen to what God is trying to tell them or eventually they just think, I just don't fit in here. And if they're not going to change, if they're not going to behave right by, um, by listening to the Spirit, then eventually they'll go. A lot of unsaved people that come in, if, if they feel... Uh, must, uh, maybe they feel a, a little bit embarrassed about, about how they're dressed or they feel intimidated. And we don't purposely do that, but a lot of people, for a lot of people, that's why they leave. They feel like they don't fit in. I would encourage you not to, not to, uh, not to pounce on people that come in that aren't dressed the same as you. Allow God to do the work. I remember, I remember at Tanham Sands, we had, um, when Laurel and I first got married, there was um, a guy that had come in and he had long hair and he was a bit of a, a surfy and come in in shorts and, and T-shirt and, and no one said anything to him at all. They invited him in and encouraged him and he got saved. And then over a process of time, and honestly no one said anything, eventually the small things started to change. How we dressed changed. And no one said, oh, you can't come to church in those shorts. We don't do that here. Look at your hair, young fella, get that changed. No one ever said that at all. But over a period of time, as he listened to the Spirit of God, he started to change things, how he dressed, how he spoke, and even his hair became short of his own volition because the Spirit was working. I encourage you, don't ever pounce on people because they're not dressed appropriately or how we think is appropriate. Don't ever just pounce on them and try and change them because you're fearful of what people you know, might say. Let God do that. So some people leave because they just haven't got the conviction that maybe you have. It doesn't take long before someone feels a little bit, oh, I just don't fit in here the way, I'm, the way I'm dressed. And unfortunately, some people leave because of that. Sometimes people leave because they don't behave right because there are, because there are conflicts. Have you, ever, have you ever been in church and... There's something going on in your life and pastor's preaching away and all of a sudden what he's preaching on is, what, is, a, is, what you, is where you're at. And all of a sudden you think, oh, why does he got to preach on that for? He's just preaching right at me. And we start feeling, feeling uncomfortable if it's something, especially if it's, if it's some sin that we're uh, participating in or we haven't got victory over and that starts to, to um, as pastor preaches and the Spirit of God starts working Sometimes we get that uncomfortable that we, we either make the changes or for some people they just don't like being convicted here at church and oftentimes they will leave as the preaching is done. Sometimes people have, have issues with conflict through other people. 
I'm sure we know. I'm sure we know people who have. There's been an explosion of of beliefs, or um, someone's got disgruntled with somebody else, and someone someone sat in my pew and wouldn't move, and uh, I just didn't like that. So I'm I'm not coming back. They sang that song that I don't think is doctrinally right because it's got one line in it, and I can't believe that they sung that song, and I'm not, I'm just not coming back. Um, our brother Paul went four minutes over what I expected him to preach. He said we'd be out by 7 and it's going to be 7.04. I'm just not coming back. People have, there are conflicts that happen in church all the time. And I'm sure, I'm sure I'm going to offend people from time to time with, with, uh, with humour and jokes sometimes. But sometimes people have conflicts and they leave. They don't, they don't behave right. And then sometimes people don't behave right through corruption as well. Sometimes people just leave because of sin. They've got sin in their life. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so great that they just, and, and, and they don't want to change or they don't know how to change or they feel so bad about their sin that they, they see the, the righteousness of Christ within us and it grates against them and, and they think, well, these people are just so pious and they're so, they think they're better than me and that the eating, that corruption of sin that eats away at our confidence and our, our spirit, and it starts to grieve the Holy Spirit to the point where we think, I just can't be here anymore. And sometimes good Christians in church are not seen ever again, because often because of sin, corrupting them and driving them away. So that's three. Now the last one, um, and this is very quick and simple, but... Some leave because the churches they're at, they just don't bind right. Sometimes we, we, we all understand for, for a church to work, we need to be unified. We need to be bound together with brotherly love and Christian love. Some people just, they just don't get it. They don't bind right with others. They just don't seem to whether it's because they're not saved or because of some of the other influences we've talked about, whether it's sin or, or whatever it is, conviction or whatever it is, some people, they, they just don't bind well. They, they like to be a, an entity under themselves. They like to be self-ruling. They like to be uh, in charge. They don't like to be submissive. They don't like to follow what's going on. They don't like following what pastor has to say. Have you ever, ever met people like that within, um, within business meetings? The, the, the church is going to try and vote on something and it's a big thing and, and uh, everyone puts their hand up and anyone against and there's always one in churches that, and every time you're waiting for their hand to go up and up it goes. We had, uh, while I was at college in, in Sydney, we were in Metropolitan Baptist Church and um, even many years ago like that, there were decisions we made and there was always, there was this group of older folk who just didn't like the fact that a younger pastor was, was leading and before the younger pastor came in, there, there was an older pastor. When the older pastor just got, he just retired or he, he moved on, he went back to America. A young Australian guy come in and took over the church and was on fire for the Lord and every decision was blocked by this group of older folk because they just didn't want to, they, they couldn't bind together with what was going on. Especially when it comes to money, um, the church inherited some money 
from an from a older church member who passed away, and she left a big lump sum of money to the church. Uh, back in the day, maybe fifty, maybe hundred thousand dollars. You know, about twenty-five years ago. And and that money, I've sat in an account, and one of the the um, what's the guy that that um, uh, not a trustee um, no the, the um the people that that, that normally make sure the, that the will is carried out executor okay was was one of these guys in the church and he took it on himself that she, uh, her wish what it was it would be used to the benefit of the church and then every time the money was ever decided to be spent he blocked it because he didn't think he wanted to have the and it went on for years. The money sat in this account and was never, ever used to the point where when we left, I don't know if it's ever been used now or not. Um, 25 years, maybe that guy's passed on, I don't know. But, but it, it's, um, it was just blocked and blocked and blocked because the guy just couldn't get with the program. Couldn't, couldn't bind well with what the pastor or what the church wanted to do. And there are people that are going to come into church who are just, they're just not going to bind right. They're just... And eventually they just move on. They become very self-centered. They want to be their own authority. Now we should never ever compromise what we believe for the sake of those who don't stand for the sake of Christ. But we by our consistent and loving testimonies want to win those unto the Lord and encourage them to do likewise. Now I know, I think about how many people we have in church now, I've been here for 14 years now, going on 15 years nearly. And over the period of time that I've been here, I've seen innumerable people come and innumerable people go. And some of it is because they move, they get jobs in other places and whatever else it is. But a lot of times, a lot of people leave under bad circumstances, leave because they're just not with the program anymore, sometimes because of sin, sometimes because of whatever it is. And I think, why is that the case? Now, I want to encourage you, don't let you be one of those people. Don't let yourself become someone who doesn't believe right or doesn't behave right or just doesn't bind with the church anymore. And please don't be someone that's not born right. That's the very first thing you've got to work out. You need to make sure tonight that you are born again, that you have, you remember a time when you have trusted Jesus as your saviour. Don't just go through the experience of church because it's nice and it's casual and it's, it's encouraging and, and not be saved. Don't let that happen. I encourage you, it's the most important thing. But then if you are saved, grow. Stick with the things you know. Believe in the Bible. Stick with your local church and help it to grow. Don't be just another casualty of war that this time next year, if I stand up again and I say it's been nearly 16 years since I've been here, I wonder how many faces will be here tonight. There's some <gasps> lot here that aren't here tonight. Where are they? No, they're on holidays, I know. <laughs> so we're going to stop there. Talked about ending abruptly. But why are people leaving the church? For all sorts of reasons. And I want to encourage you to be part of this local church. Grow and um, allow God to use you to win others 
And it's not all about numbers, it's, 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 about, it's about getting the job done with what we have. But I wonder how many, literally hundreds of people who aren't here tonight because of some of the things we talked about, whether it's sin, conflict, uh, frustration, um, maybe not even being saved. We thought they were saved. And I've noticed several, maybe there's one or two we can immediately think of who now vehemently say God's not even real. And it's all lies and... Why do they... You know what I mean? Don't let us be that. If God moves you on to, to serve the Lord somewhere else, hey, praise the Lord. But just don't be someone that's just gone because you didn't fit anymore, because you got disgruntled or you didn't... Well, I, I finished early tonight. I said 7, so it's 6.57. I'm early, praise the Lord, and I'm going to stop waffling. I'm going to pray, and then I'm um, not sure... Yeah, Peter will, I think Peter will do a song, and then Brother Andrew can come. Right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for, um, Lord, your goodness. Thank you for uh, being a great God. And I do appreciate, Lord, the church that you've allowed me to be in. And, Lord, um, I need to watch myself that I don't uh, end up believing or behaving or not binding right with the, with the folk here. Help me to be an encouragement and a blessing. And I pray for each one that would have that same spirit that we believe the Bible and we believe what God is doing and we move on in faith to, uh, Lord, just to get the job done in, in, in whatever manner that you call us to. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.